Hello, and welcome to another episode of DGenCast. I'm your new host, Eric Johnson, the Kingslayer, joined by Hackfather, Jamie Eastep. We've got a great show for you tonight, and you may even get hey, to Eric. listen to it. Uh, Eric, hey. Um, what? Do you know the altars are still illegal in Magic? No, I did not know that. Yeah. Even though Wizards got into the whole, like, selling altars thing with, like, the secret layers, which I'm not going to lie, they've definitely taken some of my money with these, like, old border. I'm going to show you. I feel guilty, but I, I bought, I paid money for Planeswalkers. You paid money for Planeswalkers. They're an old border. Uh, does this mean we have to kick you off the cast? <laughs> I, that's a very distinct possibility that, you know, I, I think I may have sold my soul a little bit. They got me with that one. Like that and the Dan Frazier one with the signets. Like, uh, fuck. Dan Frazier was cool. Yeah, they, they got me. But yes, apparently, like, you know, you still can't have, like, Pikachu drawn on, like, your duress, even though there's, like, 600 arts for duress at this point. I was going to say, duress has got to be up there for cards with the most different arts. Yeah, I mean, it's it, that and they printed its fairy with 14 different arts in one set. <laughs> <laughs> so, which makes it totally easily recognizable on camera. Anyway. Yeah, thanks for joining me tonight, buddy. We've it's been a little while since you and I have, have cast. I think last time that we actually did cast was before I went to Gen Con, even though the cast came out well after Gen Con. Yes, uh, you were talking about you and Turnenburn planning to uh, run the EDH tables, running 73 out of the same 75, or 90, 98 out of the same 100. I forget it was Commander. Yeah, it was like the, the Commander was like different. Like We had different Commanders. Oh no, there, yeah, there was two cards difference. I think I was running, I was running one extra creature and he was running like abrupt decay or something, you know, like, I mean, it was like, he just wanted like that one spell, like uncounterable spell to like get out of a lock piece or something. As I understand the, the Gen Con magic experience turned out to be quite differently than you, you'd have planned it. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. So it was my first Gen Con. I had never been before. I am actually really, really glad I went. It was a, an amazing experience overall, like as a trip, but I, you know, I, Matt and I went in thinking, you know, oh, it's like a GP. We're going to go, we're going to vend a bunch and then we're going to play, you know, play some vintage events. And we had only planned on vintage and there was like, you know, legacy side events. There were old school, there was EDH. So, you know, we brought a couple different things. I, I also brought a couple Jihad decks. So we ended up playing actually more Jihad than Magic over the, the course of Gen Con. That's kind of been a theme, I feel like, with the hacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like, you know, play Magic and then play, you know, Jihad until three in the morning. So the game is fucking epic. I mean, I, you've played it at this point, but yeah, you know, I played in two seven-man vintage events. No, sorry. One was a seven-man event. The other one was an eight-man event. Ooh, got all the way up to eight. It got all the way to eight, yeah. We were, of course, playing for Chuck E. Cheese prize wall tickets. I did take... I, I did, you know, win tickets, and I did get things that I plan on selling on eBay for more money, but that's totally not different story. But yeah, you know, like, I played in the Thursday event after Matt and I had vended. I ended up picking up my second Gaia's Cradle for Bizarre Aggro, because I really just wanted the second one, so I could either run two in the main or one main, one side, and just really, like, have the, have the optimized version of the list. I was able to also pick up, like, Grief's for dredge and i was i was picking up a couple other pieces that you know just some modern horizons cards that i feel guilty about paying money for but i needed them to play vintage that weekend <laughs> so we actually did really well matt ended up snagging a bazaar that day he traded out like pretty much all of his like bulk rares and just any extras that he had i mean it was like you know 500 you know long box full of stuff that was anywhere from like a dollar up to like six seven hundred dollar cards so he ended up like cashing that and got a 
a really, really, really nice Bazaar Baghdad that looks better than even my nicest one. So I was a little jealous, but, you know, I was glad that he was able to snag it for EDH and some old school, so... Yeah, I always would love to turn a giant long box of cards to a, to a, to a bazaar or something that's yeah. actually worthwhile. That all That's always yeah. a good feeling. Yeah, it was pretty good. So, But yeah, like I played in the, we played in the Thursday event because it was like 6 o'clock vintage, and then we ended up going out to dinner. It was, it was me, Matt, and Frenchie in a hotel room, and then a couple of the Tusk guys in another hotel, in an Airbnb like two blocks away. So, you know, we kind of bounced around to different bars and, and restaurants and stuff, and you know, played played games jihad and stuff. Matt and I had both planned on playing on Saturday, but in the Friday event, after I beat a, a man on blue red sneak attack, and his sneak attack targets were Shiv and Dragon, and what's the 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 white angel? Is it? It's not the good one. It's like it used to be a bunch of money. But is it Bane Slayer Angel? It's like the Bane Slayer Chroma. Yeah, it was no, it wasn't a Chroma. It was one of the other ones. It was like one of the other ones. It was like a three four, and I was like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> He like had show and tell and it was like, cool. I show and tell in like Golgari Grave Troll. And he was just like, oh shit. <laughs> so what you're saying is that the list might not have been optimized. He, he, no, no. I mean, he had some nice cards. Like, I mean, he had like, you know, unlimited copies of stuff and like original printings. I mean, you know, he'd spent some time building his quote unquote vintage deck, but he was definitely one of those guys that like tabletop vintage with friends where there's like, you know. You can pretty much play anything kind of thing. But I, you know, first day I ended up playing Bizarre Aggro, went one and two on Thursday. Friday I played Dredge. There was somebody else playing Dredge. Patsy actually didn't play Dredge. He borrowed my PO deck, which I had planned on playing. <laughs> and so we almost had three Dredge decks in the field, which would have been fucking miserable. Oof. And the, the three match. Out of eight before, is not good. Yeah. <laughs> So the the match that I the third round I ended up playing the the dredge mirror which was hilarious since I have only ever played dredge and paper like playing solitaire I've never I and what was funny is like I could just ignore what he was doing it's like okay we're both playing solitaire let's see who plays better you're in an eight man tournament where five people showed up to play magic and three people showed up <laughs> to absolutely ruin their day yeah exactly <laughs> in between the second and third round. There was there was an incident at, at Gen Con that caused me to get my money back for the Saturday vintage event rather than play. This incident is great because everyone, you know, you kind of love that feeling when you get the moral high ground where you can just look at somebody and be like, man, you have done something that's beyond the pale. And like, <laughs> nobody can justify what you've done. And we all can yeah. feel And since, you know, hanging out with the hacks, I haven't had that feeling a lot. Like, that's not a feeling that our group tends to get. But in this no. case... Oh man, is it warranted? Yeah. So, you know, Matt and I were definitely, you know, we'd had fun. We were playing magic and stuff. And the finish event on Friday was either 10 or 11 a.m. It was fairly early in the day. So we still had like more time. But we ended up, I, mean, I go to the bathroom to take a leak and there's this, this guy sitting, every urinal next to me is open. I'm like, holy shit, this is the first time I've been in the Gen Con bathroom and it's not full of people. So this, this guy who was in his 20s, like clearly, like he could tell he wasn't a teenager anymore, but he like didn't quite look like, you know, somebody in their 30s. He was kind of in that in-between stage where he didn't quite have like a lot of facial hair, but you could tell he was out of high school kind of thing. Can legally drink, but probably shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he, he walks in, there's three urinals next to me that are empty and this dude walks up to the one right next to me which already is just horrible fucking shitty etiquette when you're in a men's bathroom he proceeds to set a, a stack of cards that are unsleeved on top of the urinal on one side of the pipe and then a pile of sleeves on the other unzips his pants and proceeds to just start pissing all over the place like <laughs> i i had this dude's piss on my shoes 
it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life was like literally this dude is sleeving like, a, it, so it was the week when the, like one of the Innistrads, the Innistrad set came out. So they were, you know, running a ton of events, sealed events. So I'm sure it was like a sealed event. Like, Oh, I need to sleeve my deck. But like, seriously, people don't, don't like what I would never want to sleeve a deck in a fucking men's bathroom, like, like sleeving off the back of a urinal while using the urinal, like just while using straight it. up multitasking, like <laughs> and, I'm and straight up pissing on the person next to you, even though there's two, three urinals open. I'm a busy man. I don't have time to do one. And then the other, my time is too valuable for that. I am going to sleeve my deck on the back of this urinal while actively pissing. I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was the most bizarre thing I've ever fucking seen at a magic event. Like, God bless urinal sleeving man for showing me <laughs> that I just don't want to go to magic events, really. I mean, it was like, seriously, the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. So for those of you out there that may or may not want to sleeve your cards off the, the back of a urinal <laughs> at an SCG event or, you know, whatever your next channel fireball event you're attending is, don't fucking do it. And if you, you do... You can take the extra minute and ask your opponent, can I have a minute to sleeve my cards? Because then you're handing your opponent piss-covered cards in a sleeve. Well, and if you're going to do it, at least leave a buffer urinal between the only other guy pissing <laughs> yeah. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so the buffer urinal. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But um, no, it was, I mean, it was a fantastic, uh, you know, event overall. Um, we kind of realized that we messed up was that probably should have, instead of just vending the first day, like actually gone to look around at, board, you know, some of the board games and things like that. Because we had really wanted to play this board game that was there and we went to go sign up for like their free, like try the game out. It, average game was like 120 minutes. It's basically like a DM-less like dungeon crawl system. This is Sword and Sorcery, right? Sword and Sorcery, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, by, by Ares Game. So, unfortunately, like, they're completely booked up for the rest of the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. You know, this is Friday we're going to look. Like, immediately after Vintage, it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon Friday, and we're like, holy shit, let's try this game. Booked up. Um, So... So Patsy, Matt, and I are like, fuck yeah, we're going to go just jam this fucking game. Let's do it. And they're like, oh, we're full. And we're like, okay, well, can we get a spot tomorrow? And they're like, no, 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 like we're full for the weekend. So yeah, it kind of sucked. We weren't able to do that. And then walking around, there was actually a shop that was not there Thursday, but that was there Friday that sold like vintage role-playing stuff. So, you know, you I know you've recently got into doing some D&D with like the hacks. We've been kind of doing it a little bit more. Oh, yeah. So... I ended up buying into like a set of the fir- the first edition, like the player's yeah. guide, the DM guide, and the monster manual. And that collection has only grown over the last couple of weeks where it's it's pretty absurd. No, I've seen. You've got a nice set of books now. Yeah. So I, I have pretty much every core rule book for first ed. And I have three of the four horsemen for like the, the big multi multi campaigns i know you're you're going to be joining us starting in january for some some first ed at the house oh, like, yes. in person and stuff so we're going to be rolling some dice oh yeah it's going to be fucking great so i've you know been been feeling feeling D a little bit more i think i just kind of got that bug a little bit at gen con has seen people actually like play first and second ed or like third ed D. like i've been trying fifth ed it's just not really my thing you know, like yeah. there's just a lot of things about it. Like it's definitely geared towards a younger player. I like darker, like high fantasy, and it's a little more like child oriented nowadays, I guess is a good way to put it. You know, their 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 player base is like, you know, twelve to eighteen year olds is what they're kinda that's their biggest player base. So, you know, it appealed to me like, oh, well, 
why don't we try like an older edition of it where it's a little bit more gritty, you know, the rules are a little bit more brutal. Like you don't have a million feats and special abilities and all this cool shit you can do every single round. Instead, you got to kind of, you got to kind of work for your work for your wage. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, I want something that's a little more stripped down, you know, rules wise where, you know, it isn't, Hey, I'm taking a feat. Hey, I'm casting a spell. And then I'm going to do like a fucking, you know, power bomb on top of you. You know, it's like a little more like realistic of like what a human or like humanoid could do in combat. You know, like, I don't know about you, but I, I definitely don't think that I could perform some of the feats that are in D and D five E like, there, there's some. It's just a little absurd to me. It feels a little too oh, video game. It's I like guess. Gilgamesh couldn't do this shit. I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> like what? Beowulf is sitting there, like, whoa, those guys are scary. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's is yeah. Just to me, like you know, I've done some of the D and D league since. I'm glad I'm, I've glad I'm, I've done it. I you know I DM'd a, a thing down in Charlotte with uh, Basic Fantasy, which is like a you know really stripped down bare bones D experience like D type experience it's like a beck me but yeah you know i've been getting into that since uh since gen con and you know kind of led into some of the stuff that would happen at hacksmiths we ended up having uh a, yeah a, an attempt at the world's worst D campaign well no no we, we got to talk more about <laughs> hacksmiths because you put a ton of blood sweat and tears in this this was our our like local event that you just kind of put on your shoulders and carried all the way across the finish line. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was an awesome event. I mean, I really, I really wanted to do an event that would just be something that we could really all feel good about, like attending and walking away from that, like, we didn't get to do it last year. The year before it had been in my house, we had about 14 to 16 people kind of the whole time. And I kind of knew that we were going to be a little bit bigger than that this year. So I ended up moving it, finding a space away from my house that had a hotel room block. There was some decent restaurants kind of right around within walking distance. They were okay with, hey, you guys can have alcohol in the room. Just don't walk out with it, you know. And it was, they made it super affordable because of the the hotel room block. So it was, you know, opened up a lot. You know, it didn't mean that it was all at my house. I wasn't going to have to clean up for like a day or two afterwards. Like it really just helped things for me overall but i also decided to go absolutely insane on the prizes for you went thing. nuts on the door prizes like <laughs> like like run this down there was so much shit there it was great <laughs> so we had a total recall poster that i believe you won correct yeah, spo- I was right behind spoiler alert it's right it. behind me as we're talking <laughs> So I ended up finding full-size reproduction posters of the original movie posters. So they are like on really not printed on really nice paper. You know, it's not like thin poster paper. I mean, these are actual like real prints. And I had everybody sign them. And you had them all framed. Had had them all framed. (laughs) And then I I didn't tell anybody what they were for. Like so nobody really knew like what these prizes were for, what people were getting. People walk in, you were making people take a number. Like Yeah. So I, you know, that was the big door prize. I did do a Conan the Barbarian poster for Maddie because she was offered to DM and, and she, she got the brunt of it. And on. you sabotaged her. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I handed her the worst campaign in the world and I was really hoping that like she could fix it. And she has even admitted like it's beyond. It's so totally fucked. You would have to write like a small novel to fill in the plot holes. <laughs> you, would need, like... you would need a full week of work and not like... <laughs> A week where you're working a job and doing this in the yeah, evenings. It's like, like literally an eight-hour like, day rewriting it. We're like, oh, I got a week off of work. I'm going to use my PTO to fix all the mistakes in this D&D module. And like, <laughs> it'd be like Friday night and you're still like, oh, can't come to bed yet. Got to yeah. fig- figure out what the stats are on these wolf riders. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was. It didn't have any of the stats. It didn't have anything. So yeah, I kind of like self sabotaged it a little bit. But you know, everybody that did did it did it at least have some fun, and there was a lot of other shit to do. But yeah, I gave her one of those, and then for the first place for the hyper event was another Conan the Barbarian movie poster that was framed. I did Blu-ray box sets for Total Recall. Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer. There was a full booster box of Desert Storm cards. There was... Like War in Iraq 1992. Yeah. Saddam Hussein, Desert Storm. It was fucking great. I have not seen these things before. Everybody was like, what are these? Where are they yeah. from? Everybody loved them, though. I mean, there were people who were like turning them into tokens and like, oh, I want that one. You know, I mean, there was definitely some ch- some chase ones like, you know, Margaret Thatcher, Saddam Hussein, <laughs> George Bush. Like, I mean, it is like the most ridiculous thing. But I found them on eBay like two years. I bought them for Hacksmith 2020 that didn't happen. So I bought because I was like, oh, I want a complete set of these. These are absurd. You know, so I have a complete set. I bought six boxes, like booster boxes of this shit. So I ended up having a, a whole one that wasn't in a box and was giving those away as prizes. There was a Conan the Barbarian t-shirt that was given yes. away. There was, oh God, I'm, I'm blanking. There was, there was, if you haven't, it, it's on Twitter. There's a photo of like the whole table full of stuff. Other people donated, like Patsy brought a booster box of our favorite set, War of the Spark, for people yep. to literally not draft, but to play flip it or rip it with. <laughs> so yeah you know, see this like, brought st- some stickers i brought stickers and the the four strip mine pins that i had left over yeah there i mean it was just it was fantastic brendan hagan brought a bunch of cards for hyper oh yeah the he, hyper he prize the, pool was sick yeah it was pretty good i, I did snatch a card out of it for myself just because hagan knew that it was an artist sign and it was a card that actually goes in my hyper deck. So I went ahead and stamped it, but I was so exhausted by the end of the weekend. I forgot to get people to sign it. So now my job <laughs> is to chase down the people at Hacksmith. You have to chase down all it. the Hacksmith people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to be going door to door. I have a quest. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, I mean, it was, it was a lot of work and I learned a lot from it. Like there's definitely things that I, I realize I can't carry it by myself. And some of the other guys were definitely like, Hey, like, I know you were like, let me know anything we need. Like let's, let's next year, let's just try to get, take as much of this off of you and have everybody have smaller jobs instead of one person kind of trying to sharpen it to the finish line. Cause I, I maybe slept four hours Thursday, four hours Friday, four hours. I got seven hours of sleep Saturday night because Chris literally told me to go upstairs cause I was falling asleep at the table during a jihad game. <laughs> Which does happen during jihad games. Just, you know, you know they are about that's not an, hour, an hour and a half to two hours long. I mean, it's a long, long game. So yeah, you won a sick ass door prize. Yeah. I, I walked in, you handed me a D20 and said, roll it. And I rolled it and it was a nat 20. And so <laughs> I got yeah. this sweet total recall poster. That was like my first experiences. Cause I couldn't be there Friday night aside from dropping Dr. Bill off. You know, I, I was, I was taking care of the kids the weekend. So I kind of came in to play hex and you threw me this D20, you rolled the nat 20 and you handed me this, giant poster i mean full-size movie poster like i was just like well this event started out well (laughs) you know and nobody else rolled a d20 the entire the entire weekend it was only you so yeah i was having everybody roll d20s for door prizes and you know if you rolled one to five you got war of the spark packs you know based on what you rolled or 
you got Desert Storm packs because I value those more than War of the Spark. You know, so kind of had a breakdown of like how people, you know, the top prizes went for like 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So there was like a prize for each of those that was kind of designated. And if, you know, somebody else had rolled a 15. But yeah, I, I had literally had enough door prizes that if I needed to, I could have enough for, you know, half, basically half the people rolling above a 15, which really worried me that that might happen. Yeah, you never know. You know, so, but yeah, because you actually played some some hyper. I played D&D, which we'll get into well, in a minute. Friday night you had your grudge match with Jacob. Oh, oh yeah. I'm I'm trying to block that out. I still have PTSD. About that. <laughs> no, I, no, you should talk about it. I have not gotten fisted that hard in a long time. <laughs> well, what so, format were you playing? So I played, uh, so Jacob and I decided that we would uh, have a grudge match because at EW, the last EW at 2019 that happened in person, we were playing contracts matches and we ended up dead tied. Like it was like three games a piece or something. So it was like, all right, we got to settle this. So we did Unpowered Old School, where we banned Power Nine, and then I, oh, what else? There was I restricted Workshop and tapped Blockers dealt no damage. It was kind of the the rule set for it because it was one of those like anybody who's played you know against Factory, it just gets really old. That like, oh, yeah. hey, cool, I have a moat that deals with your monkey every fucking turn, you know. So I, I wanted to kind of eliminate that. I know Jacob likes to play Zoo, so he played an Unpowered Bizarre Zoo list. I came in with a white red like aggro tax edge list, you know, yes, running like Savannah Lions. Yeah, it was running, you know, it was a very me deck, you know. So I managed to lose two games because I missed orb flips. Oh, you missed orb flips? Yeah, I Gee. missed orb flip, like critical orb flip. I, well, I haven't played Magic in, I mean, I hadn't touched cards since Gen Con and I hadn't played old school since like June. I, I love with most people when they're like, oh yeah, I lost. I just haven't played Magic in a while. And you're like, oh, you forgot triggers or you didn't like, you know, you skipped Yeah, no, I didn't forget phase. triggers or anything. And, and for you, it's like, yeah, I missed orb flips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it was like, I was definitely in a rough spot. So we were doing any, you know, whoever won a match. So not just a game, a match with sideboarding had to take a shot. So it started out pretty even, you know, it was like one game, one game. I think I took two, two games off of him early on. And then I proceeded, like, it was like two and two. And then I proceeded to lose like the next four in a row and was just fucking hammered it's like, by the end of it. Like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And uh, don't give me none of that old jank spirit where uh, <laughs> it, the, the game is you use psychic powers to tip the bottle of liquor into the other person's glass and they have to drink it. And the problem is that drinking liquor depresses your psychic powers. So once you start to lose, you're incredibly you more likely down. to continue losing. And <laughs> I, 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 I think you've, you felt kind of a very similar effect there. Yeah, I, yes. And, but what was funny was that after I'd lost like the third or fourth match, I actually started hitting orb flips. So maybe it was just like drunken recall or something. I, it was. You, you <laughs> got not, you got to get in that sweet spot in that band where you're, where you're not too sober and not too drunk. And then yeah. you have to somehow figure out a way to stay in the band, which never happens. Yeah, no, it never happens. It, it derailed pretty fast. But, you know, it was, it was a great night. Ended up getting my ass absolutely handed to me. So hats off to you, uh, Jason Jaco, the godfather of pimp, for just showing me what words can be nouns and, in fact, verbs. The main one being fist. Which which takes us to the uh, the, the hyperextended event the following day. Yep. Where I, I had a pretty good run with my black-red void deck, which was, you know, I've been playing, like, black-red control Kind of strategies. across the board and, like, some of those, like, you did some in old school, too, right? Old school and hyper? Yeah, I like black-red control. I like the control decks where you don't have cards that say draw a card on them and you still have to figure out a way to get card advantage. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I played a bunch of different iterations of this deck. You know, I started out with the basic build, then I tried one with like four plague spitter, 
And this one was like, why don't we play four void? And then I was like, Ooh, well, well, this is ridiculous. Like, who would play four void? So I put one in the sideboard and I played a Burning Wish main. And I built a 10-card wish board for format where Burning Wish is restricted. So you only have yeah, one I'm wish. Just, <laughs> I'm sitting here like, that, but you get one and it exiles. And there's no way to get it from exile unless you play another wish to get your wish from exile, right? Yeah. Again, if, if your strategy is to do optimal deck building, I, I wouldn't recommend uh, building a 10-card wish board for your one-of main deck wish. But that's what we ran with You're for this event. fucking legend. Yeah, and it turned out pretty okay. I mean, I'm, part of it is hyper-extended. You know, if you start your list with four duress, four him to Torak, and then you're like, oh, I'll figure out the other 52 later. <laughs> four dark ritual. You know, It'll your, your deck's pretty good. <laughs> Well, no, no, you don't play four Dark Ritual. Between two and three, depending on the list. Okay. Yeah, the tournament was super fun. Round one, I played against Power Bottom, who was on a blue-white, take-no-game-actions control. So, it didn't go well for him. He took no oh, game no, actions. He, he was actually he was actually on Esper. Oh, That's there was how a bad his game went against... Yeah, I know what he played. <laughs> because, you know, it's not take-no-actions, it's... Take your time. Yeah, For those I of was, you that know the flavor, the flavor text. I, I was surprised. Uh, his deck clearly did not do what he built it to do. He counterspelled a couple of things, but but that was it. I think playing Vindicate in that list was a little too greedy. He, I did see a Vindicate, and that was actually I, yeah. I have to give him props. A Vindicate is an awesome card that should be. It's played an awesome card. Deck. I just think it, I think it's too greedy and it's too slow in a deck that wants to play instants. Yeah, round two, I ran into Fro, who was playing. I thought it was the Mirror. Hagen had built a, a previous version of the deck and handed it to Fro, so he was literally playing my list from like two events earlier <laughs> and uh he was playing the plague spitter version so i was able to take advantage on the fact that my phyrexian arenas had a higher life total to work with than his phyrexian arenas nice nice super close games though came out to phyrexian arena advantage of course i uh, got him 2-1 uh, round three i played queso on storm and like he just had the like never draw the cards you need storm oh where, like, he just like drew the wrong half the deck i, I cast like one one turn i cast like one duress and I killed him like 16 turns later. He had seven cards in hand and he showed me his seven cards and he was still three cards away from killing me. Like, it was, it was, I was just like, I'm sorry, man. Like, that is, that is not, not how so, it So go. you gave him the business is what you're saying. Well, I, I, it was one of those stuff where I was like, I'm expecting to lose any turn now. And he was just getting more and more frustrated as the top of his deck was not cooperating. Actually, which, which he, just to be clear, Queso Lord was the reigning Battle of the Mounds champion from 2019. I have lost to Queso Lord a lot of times in this format. He is an As excellent player yeah. and he brings some fun decks. Yeah, and then round four, I played against Jaco, who was playing this awesome, like, standstill Oath of Druids, like, all the great cards, four forces, four counter spell, you know, Morphling is the win con, like, the spike weaver thing to buy infinite time. Gaia's blessings yeah, that, to recycle that was everything. The, the real tech that was cool. Like, I, I've played some Oath still, but his list, his list was far more dialed in than mine was yeah we have we would have had some great games had i had i actually played my deck correctly but uh, i made, i made some insanely uh insanely terrible plays one was i kept a one lander on the basis of having a dark ritual and a blazing specter and a i duress. mean that's a pretty good keep i was like i'm gonna duress <laughs> take his swords i'm gonna draw a second land i'm gonna dark ritual out this blazing specter and the game's gonna be over <laughs> and it's gonna be over yeah <laughs> so I duress him, and I look at his hand, and he's got his swords, and he's got a bunch of irrelevant cards. One of the irrelevant cards is a null, which is one blue counter an artifact or enchantment. So I, having no artifacts enchantments in my hand, am like, oh, that's a card that I forget about and not even think about. And I'm just going to top deck this land and jam this blazing specter and win the game, right? So I didn't top deck the land. 
<laughs> but I top decked an enchantment that's great at being dark ritualed out early, namely Phyrexian Arena, and taking over the game. Oh, and completely oh, forgot buddy. that I'd seen an anole in his hand. <laughs> So you walked it right into the anole. So, so, so I jam like Dark Ritual anole, a Dark Ritual Phyrexian Arena, and he kind of taps his island and is like, I guess I'll anole it. And I was like, oh, right. That's what the text on that card says. I'm sure he did, did he do the look up at you where he looks up from his hand after he like thumbs it out onto the table. Yeah, meanwhile, I then draw my land the next turn. So the Dark Ritual Blazing Spectre would have taken over the game and, you know, proceed to lose. Oh, man. And then I had another one where I didn't play my land pre-combat and was short of Mastercore activation of killing him, of killing his oh, Morphling. So fuck. I, yeah, Mastercore versus Morphling is a really fun, like, that's a good, good square off. It was a super fun match. I had a blast. And I, I, and I do think, like, the deck, the deck could have won the matchup, potentially, but not with me piloting it. Clearly, <laughs> clearly somebody else needed to take the wheel. I mean, maybe maybe it was just you'd been playing the three previous rounds. You know, you you feel like you skirted a win against Queso, and you know, you just see Jaco with the the sunglasses on, and he's. You know, I, 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 I was blinded alters. by the light reflecting off his sunglasses. I yeah. do think I do think that's a fair explanation for what. Yeah, happened. I, th- I it's Jaco cheated. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sunglasses. <laughs> The games were super fun. I I had a blast playing the tournament. I was glad I came out for that. Yeah, so Jaco ended up uh, reigning victorious, but you were almost went home with two posters. Yeah, he didn't want to take one on the plane, and he was like, oh, you can have this giant poster. And I already had a giant poster, and I was like, man, like... (laughs) I don't know if I can fit both of these posters in my car. And then ultimately he was like, you know, I actually do want the poster. Yeah, I like, yeah. yeah. I think I think that after he thought about it, because I, I still had the, the shipping tube, so he could just like roll it up and take it on the plane and not have to worry about it getting damaged. But yeah, so I have this empty frame sitting like in my office. <laughs> so then me and Fro got Conan comics, which were also a part of the prize selection. Yes, yeah. The the Conan comics were, were... Oh, yeah, that was one of the things I forgot. Yeah, some vintage, like, actual the Conan comics that came out when the movie came out. So, yeah, it was, you know, some cool shit there. Some vintage Marvel. And a, and a good showing for Blazing Spectre the card, you know, taking second and yeah, third. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Blazing Spectre, it's, it's not garbage, folks. Yeah, I didn't realize that it wasn't garbage until I, like, saw you fucking absolutely ranch power bottom at one point. Like I just, I was just like laughing, and, and Power Bottom was so pissed off because his hand is like, you know, just total. It's like land, land, man, land, like disenchant. It's like, why the fuck did you bring disenchant in in this matchup? There are a lot of cards that don't beat Blazing Spectre. This is yeah, true. Yeah. So, well, we did try to run some some D and D with the worst well, module yes, the of module. all time. <laughs> yeah, hats off to Maddie. Like she tried to run it as best she could. She's a like, trooper. Yeah, she's an absolute trooper. So it was terrible. I was hoping maybe she could fix it. So I, I had brought like a bunch of D&D shit. Like I, I recently got like magnetic mimic grids. So they're like dry erase grids that you can magnetize together to like create the map as you go. And it erase previous ones. You can write like combat stats and shit down, you know, for like initiative and stuff like that. So it just makes the game a lot easier to keep track of. If you have a module that has, you know, stats on the bad guys and a reasonable plot line and <laughs> encounters that the players can go through. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty absurd. So it fell apart after about two hours. I felt kind of bad. I was hoping that it was going to stay together a little bit longer than that because the way that she had done it was she was going to take out random encounters. So we would just go through. There was like basically seven encounters 
throughout the campaign, but it just had no stats or like how you get to those encounters. It's just like you're from one city and then magically you're in a different place, but it doesn't explain how you get there or like why you're there or any details like relevant as to why you're there other than that you're like fighting sand pirates or some shit and you're like, what the fuck? So what are sand pirates? Yeah, it's like what is that? But we did we did have a new hack. He's the inaugurated well actually two since Gen Con in our last cast. Two we had Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse from the Charlotte area who got inducted. He's been around a while. I know you, some of you guys up in the Durham area don't know him as well, but in the Charlotte area, he's at like every Eternal Magic thing. Awesome guy. I've known him for years. Not doesn't always play brainstorm, so he's okay. <laughs> he's a good he he likes Chalice and he likes Misha's workshop, so he's okay in my book. Yeah, fits right in. Yeah, so we had the first non magic playing hack, which is Billingsley, who yes just plays D anD D. He he's been mentioned on the cast before as the lawyer slash bartender that we employ from time to time to make sure that no one dies and no one ends up in jail. <laughs> so we made him an official hack. You know, he's going to be joining us for some D anD D starting next year. He wants to get in on some jihad and stuff. So I've got like, you know, the jihad battle box with eight decks in it now. So we can literally play four six player games and not see the same decks. You know, they won't have to worry about that. So, but yeah, I, the other thing I tried on Saturday after D and D fell apart was Sean O'Brien made the power move of going two O drop. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He was playing the, the never ending story. Yeah. And like what, once you've played two rounds with a deck like that, you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah we're, well, that's enough magic for the That's day. enough magic for the, that's <laughs> for the next month. Yeah, I mean, it's so I ended up playing him in Street Fighter. He brought a whole setup with a Raspberry Pi with like a bunch of arcade games on it. I had actually been practicing since the last time I saw Sean on Street Fighter. I did manage to pull off the Hadouken and one other special move. So since you were practicing, you must have done great, right? I mean, oh, just... I got savagely fucking destroyed by a man who plays Street Fighter almost every day. I did not realize how good Sean was at Street Fighter until he was just toying with me apparently early on. And then when he realized I knew two of the power moves, he's like, all right, fuck it, it's on. And then just destroyed me. Yeah, I just looked over his shoulder and was like, this guy's really good at this game. <laughs> Yeah, I am not. So I'm, I need to practice some more. Sean, I'm still Sean's bitch in Street Fighter. I might beat him someday, but it wasn't that day. But we did play a lot of Jihad. We actually played Vamp Stended, which is like kind of a extension off of the original core set. It adds in library cards from the next two sets and then adds in more vampires for the next five sets. So basically all of the cards that have the Deckmaster logo on the back. And the idea is so we don't have contested crypts as much and it yeah. adds three new clans which helps with that there sean o'brien did the the ban list for it and like banned some of the cards that are basically like oh you, you're playing this like basically like the abyss for like any certain vampire and it just like takes over the game there's no way you can contest it or really get rid of it so we we banned some of those cards that were like serious hosers because it's really easy to go oh jamie's at the table he's playing he's probably going to play this one of these two decks you know turn and burns at the table he's going to play one of these two decks you know I'll so put it's like this one card that shuts down their strategy completely yeah. that they can't interact with yeah yeah exactly. there's a lot of stuff like that in jihad that you have to yeah there's a lot of that so we kind of just like took those out like i don't have any of those cards in my battle box because it's just a real like fucking feel bad if you know it, it people i joke about blood moon being like the most oppressive card ever this would be like blood moon the abyss and like drop of honey all on one card and it's like hex proof <laughs> like yeah, I mean, it's, it's once it's like on the battlefield managed game where like people are keeping like the bands list updated so you gotta have to kind of take things into your own hand if, hands if you want to make it a playable format yeah yeah i i thought it was a lot of fun i i enjoyed it as as a new format tried out a you know 
got to throw some new cards in decks, some new vampires, try some new shit. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, to me, what everybody was talking about after Hexmas was kind of Dr. Bill's Vintage Cube. Yes. Like, that seemed to kind of become the default activity the weekend. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it got cubed like six, seven times. We ended, I ended up getting to cube it some on Sunday when we I had some pe- a few people over at the house. Like Dr. Bill was waiting on his train. I needed to take Jaco to the airport. A couple of the Charlotte people came over to watch Formula One and, and play cube. So he, he made the, the MTGO cube a while back. I, I guess it was back in the early 2020. I was like, hey, I'm going to build the MTGO cube. I own most of this. Like I'm missing... 20 reserve list cards. So I bought pretty much all of them, I think, except for like Eureka was the only one I didn't buy because at the time I was like, eh, if I'm going to, if I'm going to buy this, I'm, I don't want an Italian one. I want to get an English one. And then like less than a month later, all of the cards that I had just bought went up by like four times the price. And Eureka went from like $250 to like a thousand dollars. And and that was when I was just like, this is so absurd. Like even some of the really shitty cards in this cube that like aren't reserve list are, are, because they've got one old border printing and like everybody plays pre-modern and a lot, you know, a lot of these formats are cropping up. So it kind of killed the the project for me. So I ended up selling everything that I had to Dr. Bill and he ended up going through and getting like special printings, like even some of these like absolutely hideous printings of like demonic tutor and stuff like that, that he had got where it's pretty much any special printing that he could find. He's got, it's all Bob Ross secret layer lands as like the lands for the cube, which was just gorgeous. He had some really nice, like proxy power nine that was in there he recently actually i'm not sure if he's sent sent any of you guys updates but a lot of the stuff that was available in like ce that were special printings he's gotten ce copies of because he wanted to have like so it's like cp armageddon or ce wrath of god demonic tutor balance like so he's like up making some upgrades to it and slowly trying to like own everything i think except for the power nine he recently had power and then decided he wanted to kind of sell out of it um he had some other things to use the money for and I don't blame him so but I am definitely looking forward to drafting that cube again because it was sick as fuck man but Dr. Bill you're a legend thanks for putting that together it was by far the most unique experience I think for a lot of people for the weekend is to like play the MTGO cube but in paper yeah playing cube in paper is just like oh it's just so much fun holding the cards just makes it so much of a better experience oh yeah and and cube is like the ideal mix of like being able to do like busted stupid shit and being able to like assemble good decks and like skill being a big factor but not a huge factor like ah uh, i love cuban yeah yeah i mean i'm not a great like sealed player or draft player by any means but i love playing like powered cubes and stuff like i love the old school cube that we had that you know i ended up kind of moving away from from that to to finish up some projects i wanted to just because i realized i wasn't going to get to cube it as much as i want you know it'd be like once a year i get to play it but you know it was tons of fun to be able to do that the flip it or rip it rounds because patsy brought war of the spark was fucking epic i mean it was hilarious to see just the the carnage to cardboard that was occurring throughout the weekend a lot of planeswalkers met their ends yes yes a lot of de-sparking occurred yeah there's a lot of yeah i mean watsy killed my favorite planeswalker uh you know dak faden rest in peace my boy r.i.p yeah r.i.p man fucking pimp number one they they shot him down dirty so I, i don't feel bad about ripping a bunch of planeswalker cards in half but we did you know after a bunch of the events on saturday when hyper finished we ended up going to a hibachi restaurant that was 
house like 500 feet down the street from the hotel. One of the really nice places to go eat in the Durham area called Kanki. They have great sushi, great hibachi. So we had 13 people that sit down for dinner, filled the entire table up. And what inevitably always happens when I go out to eat with a large group, and you've, you've, I think you've heard the SCG Con story where like Jayco yes. didn't get food, DFB didn't get food. It took like two hours to get my second plate of sushi. So yeah, the they only brought food to the hibachi grill thing. Like the dude starts cooking and doing the whole thing and lighting shit on fire. And he comes out and he's like looking at the order and, and it only has like 10 plates on it. So it's missing myself, Jayco, <laughs> and like... 10 plates, 13 One people. other person. Yeah, 13 people. Yeah. So he just like leaves and the food is just like fucking sitting there on the hibachi thing. And after like two minutes, I'm like, dude, this shit's starting to burn. Like for what we're paying per plate. Like is, this is, is one of us supposed to stand up and start chopping so, this shit so, around? Because I, I don't think any of us can do that. So I just literally got up behind it and like started like stirring around the rice and like chopping up vegetables and shit. And eventually they were like, dude, please don't get us kicked out of this restaurant. And I was like, I don't want burnt food, man. I'm hungry. It's fun. <laughs> so you know luckily it, it, everything came together the food was wonderful they they put up with a lot of swearing and dudes yelling shit at each other from across the table the the table that was next to us was like a family thing and they th- apparently just thought we were hilarious because as i just got behind the bocce thing and they're like they're all looking at me like i don't like taking pictures on their phone this doesn't look like the <laughs> traditional conkey employee yeah, yeah exactly exactly do so, they allow their facial hair to get that long i don't think they allow their facial hair to that, get that guy's long. not wearing a beard net <laughs> So, no, it was, it was a great meal. It was a lot of fun. Afterwards, we went back to the space and, and played some more jihad and video games. People cubed, I think, two more times that night. You know, so it was just a, just a lot of fun. It was a great event to see people that, I you know, I've seen a lot of the Tusk guys kind of here and there, but not like all in one place in a while. Yeah, no, so, it was great to see them all up. Yeah, you know, I was I was a little bummed that, that Zach and Thor couldn't make it up. And, yeah, and no. a few of the other guys from Atlanta that... that you know, have been at some of the house events that happened during COVID. I'm really hoping next year we can get even more people. There were some people like Raja and some of the some other people that I invited that just kind of didn't work out this year with trying to travel. So I'm hoping maybe next year we grow it up to like you know thirty you know thirty five forty five people. I'd love I'm, I want to cap it around fifty. And you know, there's a lot of things we got to figure out as far as you know where it's going to be and trying to pay for it because part yeah. of it, I, I spent an exorbitant amount of money on this event, but it was one of those things where it was in the end, so worth it to see everybody, see everybody have a good time and like walk away with cool shit. Like everybody got a door prize. Everybody had you know funny stories or like getting to play games with people or cubing with people they haven't seen in two years, three years. So, you know, it was, it was just a fantastic gathering. I, I really I think I kind of lost sight of what my relationship, with magic is you know like i i mean you know i i would much rather host a vintage event at my house than like go play at a game store mm-hmm. you know that's just kind of who i am i'm i'm you know just a, a filthy casual at heart you know i actually did have fun playing some ma- the little bit of magic that i did over the weekend where i beforehand i've been like fuck it i don't want to play any magic like i just want to play D and jihad and that's that's what i'm going to do but you know after playing with Jayco a bit and then i played some a couple rounds of hyper with the deck that my deck which i loaned to adam for him to play was fun i was like man fuck man maybe i should have played like hyper today and just not tried to do D or like just let maddie do her own thing on D instead of me being like hey let's do this so you know there's definitely some changes that will happen next year and and if you are a fan of the cast and would like to attend hacksmiths next year we are taking applications <laughs> you typically need to be able to hit an orb flip 
from just a tad higher than a Jameson bottle, you may also need to be able to drink out of that Jameson bottle afterwards. <laughs> so You may need to be able to do both at the same time. Yes, you may need to be able to do that after the third round. Or stand on a tab- on the chairs off the side of a table while drinking it and passing it back and forth for whoever misses their orb flip. So lots of shenanigans. Hopefully we get some more people out. I'd, I'd love to get some of the, the West Coast guys, some of the Chicago guys, a couple of the, the New England guys that don't bitch about strip mine. You know, get some of them down and just kind of grow it some. You know, it's it's about community. I just want to see my friends and play games and, you know, not always have it all be all about magic, I think was kind of the big thing this weekend was like, or that weekend was everybody was able to like do what they wanted to out throughout the weekend. Like if you wanted a cube, you could cube. If you wanted to play hyper, you could play hyper. If you wanted to play jihad, you could. If you wanted to play D and D, if you wanted to play video games, like it was very much like a, a convention experience. Although, albeit a very small, convention. it was a very small you know? convention. Yeah, but yeah. but still like the diversity of activities and like kind of all the different stuff going on, like made it a real a real special event. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I really, you know, I was that was I think the the biggest thing was that everybody at the end of the weekend seemed like they had a good time you know doing their thing and just like having the multitude of activities meant that there was very little downtime after D fell apart there was some downtime but it was like okay cool i'm gonna watch this arnold schwarzenegger movie and like drink beer and shit talk people that are playing magic you know or like hey i'm gonna open up some packs of this like decision 92 and see if i can like you know fucking hit jfk jr or whatever which <laughs> I, I have a nixon somewhere that i got from that yeah so i'm, I'm starting to amass a quite quite a collection of zombie tokens i'll have you know zombie nixon zo- zombie saddam <laughs> Well, when we'd kind of planned doing this cast, we'd assumed that there would be legacy bands by this time. Yeah. But um, yeah. we've been disappointed. <laughs> Just a wee bit. I yeah. uh, I have not even wanted, I have not wanted to play legacy because the lack of bands. Like, I would love, if they made a few, I'd be all about it. You know, like, there, there's two in particular just from printings this past year that they could hit and i would be like cool i'll play the format again yeah well well, i've been rolling with the philosophy of like when the format's a joke tell jokes so i've been playing a lot of phyrexian crusader decks and i've been playing a lot of otter decks you are a big (laughs) fan of otters i do like otters and if you tell me in even a hint then an otter might be legacy playable. You know I'm going to sleeve it up. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Before that, I've been playing a lot of Phyrexian Crusader. It just doesn't care. Ragavan, whatever. I'm going to flash down Endurance and block your Phyrexian Crusader. That's great. Do Damage happens. Your Crusader's dead. No, it's not. My Endurance is a 3-4 and yours is a 2-2. No, no, your Endurance was a 3-4 right up until the first strike damage. Yeah. <laughs> At which point it became a 1-2. Yeah. <laughs> And my crusader is still here to rumble. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking great. Oh my god. Well, how does that work against the flying merfolk thing or whatever? Merktide Regent? Is that how it works? Is that when people cast Merktide Regent, you just lose the game immediately. Oh, so you lose against like 40% of the metagame? I actually lost a game to my own Berserk. I was sitting there. And I was like, well, if he swings with Regent, I'll be able to kill him on the backswing. But he managed to dash in a Ragavan and had a card exiled. So I was counting on chump blocking his Murktide with my Ink Moth Nexus. Okay. So he swings in with this like 7-7 Murktide. And I chump block. <laughs> he cracks his Lotus Petal and berserks <laughs> his Murktide Regent. Holy shit. <laughs> Comes over for lethal. And I was just <laughs> like, all right, this format is stupid. <laughs> That's dumb. That's so dumb. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Although I did get to unlock, like, I mean, Berserk, everybody knows, you do exactly what the the, the, the blue-red player did to me. You attack with a big dude, they block it, you go over the top with Berserk. Like, that's what Berserk's for, that's what yeah. it does. 
And, you know, you've played Infect a while, you know, and maybe you've watched some, like, SCG highlights. You've realized that Berserk has a second mode, which is that you can kill attacking creatures with Berserk. You know, your opponent reanimates an Alish Norn, and you're an Infect player. Oh, well, game over. They attack with Alish Norn. You Berserk it. You take eight, but it dies at the end of combat yep. steps. So, like, oh, people have figured this out. They're like, Berserk's actually a removal spell. Yep. Like, sure, I'll take six from your Delver, but your Delver's dead now. You yep. know, and sometimes that's the right play with an Infect deck. You know, you got to use all parts of the Buffalo. Oh, exactly. uh, when you're playing with Phyrexian Crusader, you get a third mode of Berserk, which I got to do against a Death and Taxes player who is swinging in with the 4-4 Construct with an Umazawa's Jitai equipped. Oh. You know, Death and Taxes player is like, well, I'm going to lock this game out. I got this artifact creature that this fucking thing doesn't have protection from. <laughs> and I'm coming in with the Jitai. I'll, I'll, I'll take this thing off the board and take over the game. It's Umazawa's Jitai. So I block his Crusader with a Construct. I got to play the third mode of Berserk, which is the defensive Berserk. Berserk the Phyrexian Crusader First strikes out the construct. No GTA counters. <laughs> After combat, he's like, well, the Crusader dies, right? And I'm like, it dies if it attacked. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, wait, you can play that on a defender? It doesn't have to be an attacking creature? No, no. You have to play it before the combat damage step. That's yeah. the only targeting the restriction. Only. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's fucking hilarious. He's sitting there like, man... I didn't think the card worked that way, but reading the words on the card, that is the way that the card works. Yeah. And I'm like, great, my turn. I'm going to swing with a fucking Phyrexian <laughs> yeah. Crusader. You got any blockers? <laughs> you got any non-white blockers left there, buddy? That's awesome. I That's love this so card. Awesome. Phyrexian Crusader is just a boss. Like, he's just a boss. That's awesome. <laughs> That's but a sick card. I had to hang him up. I had to pull up. I had to pull Solidarity out of reserves. Oh, God. Instant speed, reset, high tide. <laughs> This deck is... It was incredibly marginal back when Dig Through Time was legal. And after Dig uh -huh. Through Time was banned, it got much, much more marginal. <laughs> so would you say it's moved towards the bad category? <laughs> but, well, it was always garbage. It was like, okay, well, I'm going to play this fragile combo deck that can't kill be torn, be, before turn four. And is weak to counter magic, permanent lock pieces, and discard. And also grave hate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that's thats just solidarity, high tide in, in a nutshell, yeah. But after my last Phyrexian Crusader escapades, which I went 3-1 with Phyrexian Crusader, so I collected my store credit and I was walking out and this kid stopped me. And he was like, are you the guy that plays hunting pack? <laughs> and I was like, I am a guy who has played hunting pack. <laughs> and he was like, that deck is sick. <laughs> And he just went off where apparently he'd watched some game where I'd been playing the, the blue-green version of Solidarity where I'd fetched up a tropical island and stormed off with Hunting Pack, a seven-mana storm card that yeah. makes a 4-4 beast storm. Yeah. So you can, you, know, you can generate five storm and you can make five 4-4 beasts and then untap and attack for 20. That, that, that die to engineered explosives. This guy was super excited about it. Well, you do it on their end step and you untap and swing. So yeah, if they have engineered explosives out, like, yeah, you got me. As I yeah. said, the deck's not exactly resilient. But this kid was so impressed with like, oh man, like I saw you playing that deck. That was so cool. And I was like, you know, instead of playing Opt, which is one mana instant scry one draw a card, yeah. we have Consider, which instead of scrying, you can put the card in the graveyard. 
Yeah. Which is not terrible. Strictly better. And we have Lutri the Spell Chaser, who, you know, is a companion, but we don't care about that. What we care about is that if you have a high tide active and you can cast a snap on something, which bounces a creature, it's two oh. mana, bounces a creature and untaps two lands. Oh. And you have Lutri, which can copy a spell. What you can do is you can snap your Lutri. Or no, you can't snap your Lutri. You have to snap something else. And with yeah. snap on the stack... You flash in Lutri copying Snap, and the copy of Snap targets Lutri, which returns it to your hand, which you can then flash in and copy the original oh, Snap. Oh, so you can, go, inf- still on you can snap. go infinite with it. As long as you have one high tide and enough mana to get it started, yeah. you untap two islands, which generates four mana, and Lutri costs three, so you can generate an arbitrary large amount of mana and storm. Yeah. Also, how, it's an odd. That, uh, how'd that go for you? Well, um... <laughs> this seems like a deck I would put together. <laughs> so, we threw the deck together with a Lutri 4-snap main deck with Consider over Opt, which was never relevant, and a bunch of other minor changes. And we managed to, in our 04 showing, we got to attempt to go off once against Tesserator, which we fizzled. That's not a deck you want to fizzle against. <laughs> we got to win a game against the guy playing Arclight-Witherbloom Phoenix combo with all Shocklands, except it was a little underwhelming, because the turn I had the infinite combo to kill him I also just had a lethal attack with Lutri the spell chaser <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I was sitting there like man I could go off and cast a million spells and like draw my whole deck and like kill him with a blue sun zenith you do it and instead I was just like I'll go to attack phase I'll attack with my 3-2 and he was like crap <laughs> So you never even got to combo. I got to help him feel a little bit. Because he, he, he has like, like he, you know, he's, he's still working on his collection. You know, he has like one dual land and the rest are shock lands. So he's like, man, I died to that otter attack. And then I showed up my hand and was like, well, if <laughs> you had been above zero life, I could have generated infinite mana and storm and killed you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking funny. God. Oh, man. As I said, when the format's a joke, tell jokes. Yeah, tell I've been jokes. having a blast. That's awesome. Well, I see here that there's something that says Arena Standard, and I, I can feel the blood pressure building behind my eyes. So <laughs> what 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 is what is this? Yeah, I mean, we're we're kind of late in the cast. Um, I I downloaded Arena. I've started playing it, and my older brother, who, who you know, uh, uh, the imp, who uh, <laughs> he sent me a deck. And I looked at this deck. I'd been playing blue-black control on Standard for a while. This was two years ago. And I looked at his deck, and it was a blue-black control deck like mine, except instead of playing a real win condition, it played Narfi Betrayer King. Uh, whoa. Okay. This creature is a 4-3 for 5 mana. Yeah, it's terrible. It has an ability, which is that snow and zombie creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1. Okay. He is playing this as the only creature in a blue-black control <laughs> yeah, I'm like, deck. okay. <laughs> Because it has a second ability, which is for three snow mana, you can return it from your graveyard to play tapped. And he so tells can, me this you can deck do that is on good. their turn. This is what's great about this card is that this is the type of ability that wizards prints now with a caveat of like only activate this during your turn. Or you can only activate this once during your turn, and yeah. only at sorcery speed, and only if you've correctly like assembled these correct stars in the constellation. But somehow Narfi got through the design file because they were like, "Well, nobody's going to be going nuts with a vanilla four three that pumps snow and zombie creatures. <laughs> we can just give them a real ability. It's not like anybody's going to do anything with this card." We have been dunking on people on the arena ladder <laughs> with Narfi Betrayer for two years now. <laughs> 
been attacking with 4-3 Faceless Havens, which is the 4-3 Snowman Land. Yeah, yeah. And when people go to Frostbolted, we have been instant speed pulling Nerfy Betrayer King out of our graveyard <laughs> to give it the extra point of toughness. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. We have been playing the blue-black control like Mirror against people jamming sorcery speed six mana planeswalkers as their win condition. While we're playing spells that say draw three cards then discard two, <laughs> and one of those cards is Narfi Betrayer King. <laughs> oh my god. So it's We a are casting deck Divine by Zero to bounce their Goldspan Dragon, and instead of getting a card from our like lesson board, we're choosing to discard a card from our head to draw a card. And the card we're discarding is Narfi Betrayer King. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. That's we had a blast for about a year, and then the blue-red turns deck got too good. So we built a version of the blue-red turns deck that used Narfi Betrayer King (laughs) as your discard fodder to your to to your like. There's a bunch of red spells. They're discard a card to draw to and make treasures. So we've been discarding Narfi Betrayer King to those spells. And now we're back to just straight up blue-black control with Narfi Betrayer King. This card is amazing. We're having a blast. People animate their Hive of the Eye Tyrant, which is the only main deckable Grave Hate in Arena. And there, it's, 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 it's a man land that you can animate, and it's a 3-3 menace, and you can attack, and it's got a trigger that'll exile a card from your opponent's graveyard. So that they kill our Narfi, and we're like, oh shit, you killed our Narfi. Oh, here's another one. And then they untap, <laughs> and they're like, I'm going to animate my Hive of the Eye Tyrant, and I'm going to exile that Narfi. And they animate it, and they go to attack, and the trigger goes on the stack, and it targets our Narfi. And we pull it out of our graveyard at instant speed. <laughs> And there's this long timer. <laughs> Where they're trying to figure it out. Like, wait. And they're sitting there like, can they do that? The answer is, yes, we can do that. That's hilarious. That sounds like a card I would want to play in, like, smallpox. We've been having a fucking blast. We've been playing against these blue-white control decks that play a removal spell that kills a creature and gives you a clue. So they, like, kill our Narfi, and we're like, great. At the end of your turn, I'll pull my Narfi back out. And I'll crack your clue and draw a card. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like... I'll kill it again. And you're like, great. Yeah, I'll bring it back. At the end of your turn, I'll pull it back out again and I'll draw another card. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. This deck so has gone through so many So you're terrorizing iterations. people on Arena again. We've targeted every slot. I've qualified for the like Arena like qualifier big tournament multiple times and I haven't played in it once. You should because just register something else to do. On. You should just <laughs> register 75 islands and drop. No, no, no. Uh, I'm going to register 73 snow-covered islands and two Narfi Betrayer King. Like, you gotta... Just gotta send a message. You gotta respect the Narf. You gotta send a message. So, oh, anyway, man. this ties into Haxmas because I was like, my brother's birthday is, is December 25th. Mm-hmm. It's the reason for the season. That's what everybody celebrates. There's apparently a holiday that goes around at the same time, but that's not what's important. Hanukkah? What's important is Lukemas. So... I was like, I got to do something. And Facebook had been slamming me with these ads of these giant like blankets with magic cards printed on Oh, yeah. Is that, a re- is I mean, that like a scam? It, it's got to be a scam. Like, how do they I, get I away with into the IP theft? And I was like, oh, man, like if I could get him like a Narfi Betrayer King blanket as like the genius <laughs> who built this deck, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> so I immediately had that thought. And then I did like literally like half a second of research and was like, either this is a scam or they're actually sending you a blanket, but they don't have the rights to the IP. Yeah. And I didn't feel right about that. So I was like, but the idea was formed in my mind. Of, I have to send him some cool shit about Narfi Betrayer King. Because, like, we've just been dunking on people. Like, it's been hysterical. Me and him actually, like, played the Narfi mirror. We ran into each other on the ladder. Oh, really? Yeah. And I got him because he tried to cling to dust my Narfi. And with cling to dust on the stack, 
Like I went to activate him and he responded with cling to dust. And in response to cling to dust, I went to activate it again. <laughs> and he was planning to escape his cling to dust, but hadn't for, had forgotten yeah. that like cling to dust has to resolve has to before you can escape it. <laughs> oh my God, that's fucking great. Yeah, he was like, ah, oh, hoisted by my own petard. Like I thought I was nerfing people and I was the one who got nerfed. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. then I was like, well, I got to get him like a Narfi thing. So I like looked up the art for the Narfi and I found like the artist's website and he's this artist in the UK and he's selling prints of Narfi Betrayer King. So I'm like, slam. I like place the order literally the morning that I go to Haxmas nice. and I'm at Haxmas and I told you about this when it happened. I get a text from him and his text says, Hey, you might be getting a weird package from the UK <laughs> from me. Yeah, I remember you showed me the text message. <laughs> Uh, I might be getting late. And I sent something back to him and I said, I think we're into some O. Henry shit right here, which is exactly what has happened. It has now been confirmed. I have received the print of Narfi Betrayer King that he bought and shipped to me. And he has received the print of Narfi Betrayer King that I have bought and shipped to him. And all of our spouses and close family members are just like, what? What did they get you? Explain this to me. And then we start explaining and they're just like, stop explaining yeah, this to me. Just, please stop talking. Oh, man. But yeah, it was a wonderful Christmas story. If this guy ever does a signing, I got to show up and be like, hey, did you ever wonder about two orders? One that had this billing address and that shipping address and one that had that shipping address and that billing address that were literally placed like within the same 48 hours? With the same last name. With the same last name. That is hilarious. Oh my God. Oh man. Well, the, I guess the last thing is that we both really hope for some legacy bands coming up soon. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen where like some of the, the challenges haven't been firing completely because they do two challenges. Well, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Way to go. Cool. So that, yeah, it's like literally, I think, is it the Saturday challenge that's gone or is the Sunday challenge that's gone? The Saturday one has a bit of firing. And, you know, people have been saying like, oh, like Ragavan's not actually that bad. Like it doesn't deserve to be banned or like. Yeah. And like, you know, Legacy is a format. It's powerful enough. There's all those tools there. There's enough tools to stop anything. I think the main problem with Ragavan, people who like to play Legacy like to, many Legacy players like to feel in control. Yeah. They like to feel like the right top deck can put them back in the game. And that's because they play decks that have four Brainstorm in them. So they're like, well, if I draw a Brainstorm, like yeah. there's no one card I can draw that'll save me. But if I draw a Brainstorm and that Brainstorms me into the two cards that'll save me, like I'm still alive. And like, I think one of the things that people don't like about Ragavan is that it feels just really bad to lose to it yeah the the lotus petal effect though in a control deck is absurd because you know they're running such low mana anyway that being able to like hard cast stuff on your opponent's turn while you're tapped out is it's it's suspect the card's insane and you could t cut literally two abilities from it you could make Ragavan, you could put a companion tax on Ragavan. You could make it cost four mana to cast Ragavan. And people would still play it as a one or two of in Blue Red Delver just for for dashing it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, the dash the, effect is insane. The card is nuts. And it just feels awful to have somebody beat you with the card that they exiled from the top of your library. Yeah. Like losing to the Berserk on that Murktide region. You know, it's just one of those feelings where you're like... And I feel like that's what it is. It's more than the absolute like power level. And it's more than the like, you know, how great it is or how busted Delver is or, or what Delver's always been busted it's more just like it feels really bad to lose that lose to that and like I've been talking about playing Infect and Solidarity those are two of the decks that it feels awful to lose with those decks no matter what like Infect when you can't get a creature to stick and you're just drawing pump spells off the top of your deck or when one I of the worst feelings in the world game and you, you just look really pissed at me 
<laughs> yeah. And like, like solidarity, like your opponent literally does like anything relevant and you're sitting there like, oh shit, my deck doesn't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like it's these bad feelings. And like, I think for me, like I'm used to those feelings. I've played Infect for long enough. Like it's just part of the game. Like I'm resilient to it. I play Unpowered in old school. I'm used to having people just like dunk on me in horrible ways that I can't yeah. interact with. And I feel like Ragavan has like opened that experience to like the really spiky <laughs> legacy players. <laughs> like, like the people who are always used to like, no matter what happens, there's a sequence of decisions and draws I can make that put them back in the game. And then their opponents like turn one Ragavan and they're just like, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty absurd. And I feel like that's what's killing the format is that like even if the card isn't like quote too good, yeah, it makes too many people feel too bad. Like there's not a lot of people who have the resiliency to do what you do and show up at the lands deck and watch your opponent play a Blood Moon and just be like, well, this is the next ten minutes until they figure out a way to kill me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would literally sit there and be like. I have Force of Vigor in my deck. Wait, it's either I find Force of Vigor green card or you kill me in the next 15 turns. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or like sitting here with Infect and being like, well, maybe I can draw a creature that he won't kill or remove, but like seems really unlikely. Like it just feels like shit to lose like that. And yeah. I feel like the Ragavan and the Modern Horizons cards have just like really like made every legacy game feel that way. And a lot of people really don't like feeling that way. Yeah, the understandable. Well, you know, I, even though I'm not playing Legacy, I have been keeping up with the metagame. And I, I read Joe Dyer's article on his like year end wrap up of Legacy where people were talking about it, and they're like, I, I read the whole article and I almost stopped after the first bit. Like the first 10 people were like, Ragavan's not a problem. And I was like, all of you motherfuckers play rag, Blue Red Ragavan. That's why you think that. Like your win percentage is so good, you don't care about the the impact on the format. I actually don't think I actually think it's Merktide and Ragavan that are the problem, is because Merktide, like how the fuck do you get rid of that card? It's a two mana what, five five? Well, it's a two mana three three, but really it's like a between five five and seven seven. seven. Yeah. I mean, and it's two mana. I mean it's it's just and it so gets, insane. It, it gets bigger than when they have... And the thing the thing about both of those cards is I feel like... Ragavan, like, Legendary... I know when we talked about it last time, I was like, oh, they, like, stapled Legendary on as a drawback to, like, feel like they've done their due diligence. Ragavan even makes the Legendary drawback feel bad. Because, like, when you play games against, like, a Death and Taxes player, and they have, like, a Thalia out, and they have, like, a... I've had games where they have, like, a Thalia and, like, a Flicker Wisp out, and they have, like, two cards in hand, and they haven't been doing anything with their mana. And you're sitting there, and you're like, I bet those two cards are, like, a redundant copy of Thalia... And like a batter skull or a piece of equipment yeah. that they can't resolve because they don't have enough mana to do Thalia. And you're like, you know, I'm actually going to remove the Flicker Wisp, even though the Thalia is fucking up my game plan. Yeah, because, because it has evasion of some sort. Because I suspect if I remove the Thalia, you're just going to have a redundant copy. And like, you, you know, so like the legendary thing like actually works there. And of course, Thalia, like God forbid, it's a symmetrical card that like can actually yeah. affect the person who casts it. Like, oh, ooh. you know, fortunately, it gave solitude to the Death and Taxes decks to kind of like mitigate that a little bit. Anyway, Ragavan, like, even, like, the legendary thing feels bad, because you're like, I can kill their Ragavan. They probably just have it. They probably just have it. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 the drawback even feels one. bad. Yeah, it's... Especially with Dash, too, where you're like, oh, I can kill it, and then they can just, like, like, I can literally kill it during my turn, and they can still hit me with it during their next turn. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like the worst feeling. Like, I was watching a stream the other day, and somebody, like, did the, oh, what is it? The two-man ability. Sorry, you just said it. And I'm, dash. The dash, yeah. So they dashed it. 
their opponent went to go bolt it and they caracased it back to their hand. And I was like, <laughs> that sucks so hard. But, and it, I mean, it was like the guy, I mean, it was like the mirror and essentially only one of the decks was like the blue, you know, the, the blue, white, red, the Patriot, like yeah, yeah. Delver. It's not really Delver. It was a stone blade deck that I saw and I was yeah, like, yeah, holy the, fuck, the man. Saga like, the Saga Ragavan deck. Yeah, he was playing Ragavan, Stoneforge, Murktide. And I think it was, dra- I think it may have even had Dragon Raid's tra- channeler in the main deck, or maybe it was in the sideboard, but he had two Caracas main deck. I'm like, why the fuck would you play Caracas? Like, it's just a Wasteland target and you can't fetch it. And then I'm watching the stream and he bounces it and I'm like, oh, it just like negates removal on this fucking card. So it's like... There's nothing worse than like, they play Ragavan turn one. You like are like, well, I built my deck to handle Ragavan. I'll untap and I'll kill it. And they go, great, I'll play a land to dash a second Ragavan out and hit you. And you're just like, I'm tapped out from killing the first yeah, one. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad <laughs> It's just right the now. worst of healing to play against that card. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a pretty miserable experience. I've only played against it a little bit. I, you know, I think that, you know, I, I had pointed this out to Chris earlier in, in chat when I was like, I just don't feel like, Legacy doesn't feel like an eternal format anymore, like this year. And, it, you know, it has been slipping over the last like three or four years where like staples in the format, you know, that had been there for 20 years are just not playable. Where, you know, like like Gamble is not getting played in lands anymore because why would you play that when you have Valakid Exploration, you know? like yeah. Or in Death and Taxes is now like an 80 card deck. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like, like, how is this, where did we go so wrong that this is like where the format's at? Because, I mean, even like the blue-red, like Delver is not even, it's maybe a two of, and some of the decks aren't even running it in the blue-red quote-unquote Delver deck. You know, when Delver is not playable as a card in the best deck in the format because it's the best creature, aggro creature printed since fucking Curdate, like, come on. Like, that's, like, there's a pro. Your format's not healthy. I mean, it's really hard, though, because if it's, like, if they ban, like, Ragavan and Murktide, it's, like... You just go back is to Urza's, Is Urza's Saga too good? Is Endurance too good? Well, is the thing is, with good? Urza's like, Saga, you know, it's, it's legendary, and it dies to Wasteland, and Assassin's Trophy, and Stone Rain, and ghost quarter i'm just saying no, there's, I mean, it's... there's like wait that card i feel like is much i mean it's an absurdly powerful card and i only have a handful of games with lands with it i get like why it's in the deck because it's you know it's, it's almost like a tesserator piece in lands. so I, I love the the effects of the card but it's one of those cards like if it got banned i wouldn't care i mean it's one of those like all right whatever cool you ban you ban a card that I had to buy four of. I played with like a handful of times and then realized I died to a fucking monkey every goddamn game. <laughs> like seriously, like when I played Legacy the one time, it was like I played show against Show and Tell and I was like, oh, this isn't a bad matchup. I'll just make Merit Lage and fucking kill him. And he's like, turn one Ragavan and he hits my fucking like life from the loam off the top of my deck. And I'm like, oh, cool. I forgot that this is a thing. You get the card <laughs> off the top. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And then he just, you know, I like got fucking annihilated because the monkey just like, he didn't, he, there was no way that he would have been able to cast the show and tell turn two and he had turn two show and tell because he had the fucking treasure token yeah for me i was like well like you know let's i mean obviously i'm such a boomer that like i was like oh let's throw abrupt decay in the deck they can't daze that and then you know as i said you know my problem is is the dual thing where like the ragavans i can handle and then they just drop this giant blue dragon you know like oh right i'm playing phyrexian crusader in my deck how am I supposed to get through a 5-5 five, five blue creature yeah. that flies? Like, it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the, the cards are very, very good. I, I think the I think the power level creep, like, we saw it, you know, previous years with, like, things like Uro, we had Oko. 
I just don't feel like the format has been like in a good place in several years. Like in between Deathrite Shaman and War of the Spark, like the Deathrite Shaman ban and War of the Spark was, I think, the best format that has been around. Right after the Deathrite ban, the format was fucking great. Oh, it was great. I loved it. It I played Legacy so much fun. Every time that I could because the format felt balanced. Like Delver was good and it was clearly the best deck in the format, but you could interact with it way more like your, you know, Bolt was your primary removal or Abrupt Decay. And then like now we have, you know, a fucking Tomb Stalker in blue, which makes total sense from a design standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it's just like they warped the format so much around, you know, Modern Horizons 2. Like, I mean, I never would have thought Endurance was a fucking playable card in Legacy, you know, and I'm starting to see it pop up in lists. And it's just one of those like, oh, it's all over the place. Really I feel good. like almost at this point, like if this is what where they're gonna go with it, all right, give me fucking Deathrite Shaman back. <laughs> at least he blocks and trades with a fucking monkey. At least he makes the blue red Delver deck splash another color. Yeah. Yeah, like at least okay, yeah, cool. Your mana base is slightly worse, but like you know, if I've got a Deathrite Shaman and you've got a you know a monkey Deathrite Shaman, I'm rather ch- you know chump block activate you know eat one of the mana or a spell out of your graveyard and i'd rather have that interaction in every deck than ragavan murktide all this stuff like it just it's just so exhausting to play against yeah as i said i've been playing like black green infect and like you know otter solidarity and it was really refreshing i played my first winter derby match tonight and it was awesome oh yeah I to like talk. play with like sedge trolls and lightning bolts ice storm strip mine mistress factory oh man it's just just a great feeling to play with that and i'm sure we'll talk about that more in the next cast oh definitely definitely yeah i you know kind of bringing it to a close because this has been a long one again but i you know i definitely feel like that the format it's on a slippery slope right now with players because like when guys like you know locally like michael braverman and richard johnson are like dude i can't wait for them to ban fucking monkey and they're playing the monkey deck and they're crushing everybody yeah, with monkey and they're decks, and they're talking all the time about how much they hate the cards. Yeah, they, yeah, they hate playing. It's not them. a good spot. Yeah, they like they're hardcore legacy guys, and they're like, I don't even want to play this. Like, I don't want to play this format. But my option is that or modern, or you know, like dra- you know, standard or draft. Like, I, I get it, you know. And it's just, I hope that Wizards does listen. You know, doesn't always listen to the loudest voices saying, oh, it's fine, you know, or, you know, and it's like, yeah, if your loudest voices are all the people that are like MTGO grinders and all they do is play, you know, Blue Red Ragavan all the time or Jeskai Ragavan, then yeah, I mean, sure, they're going to be like, yeah, it's fine. I'm winning 65% of my games, you know, what's what's the problem? I actually think the win percentage is closer to like 60% for like EW, but I know that it has fluctuated quite a bit statistics wise as far as its win percentage. But yeah, I mean, it's just, if the format's miserable and, you know, challenges aren't firing and people who are really passionate about the format are tired that's a problem and the you know mm-hmm. it's also pushed product which also has given people a shitty feel you know because ragavan was what 90 or 100 dollars when it you know the first couple oh, of man. weeks that it was out now it's down to what 75 and it's like oh it's a good price it's a brand new card like yeah why you know it just blows my mind and it's i mean it's everywhere in modern as well at least in modern it seems a little bit more balanced i don't i know that seems weird but i think it's just like the the nature of the format it's not centered around like the cantrip cartel and force of will being like what thing keeps things in check because you're like, are you really realistically going to go down two cards for a Ragavan when you have a Ragavan in your hand? You know, like. Well, Modern's issue is very different than Legacy. Modern's always the problem is is linear decks that just don't care about their opponent yeah. and do their thing too strong. And, and Ragavan does put those decks in check by forcing you to interact earlier. Yeah. Legacy hasn't had that problem. It's got a problem with super powerful one drops backed up by days. Yeah. 
Yeah, and <laughs> I, when people say days is the problem, I, it, I've, I'm sure you've seen that, and it just makes me like want to pull what's left of my hair out. You know, it's just like days is really not the problem. Like, there's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to admit that'll never happen. But, you know, brainstorm, fucking ban brainstorm, we got there, took us a while, is the is the fucking biggest problem with it. <laughs> you either have to do that or you have to just, like, fucking ban these cards when it when you realize the format is so stale and just centered around, like, 20, I think it's almost 22% of the metagame is Ragavan. And when people, when that's the, the, the market share and people hate playing it and against it, like, fix your format, you know? I mean, you either got to say, like, we're going to pick a power level for the format and players be damned, we're going to ban to that power level, in which case, as you said, why is Brainstorm still legal? Or you have to say, players expect a certain play experience, and we're going to deliver that experience and ban to give that experience, in which case, those players are having a miserable time right now. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, I, I feel like you got to kind of pick one and stick to it. And yeah. they've, 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 they've said for, like, we're going to make legacy players happy for forever, and, like, legacy players are not happy. It feels like something's got to happen. I thought something would be happening by now. I mean, I but, thought uh, based on what they had maybe said, by the next cast. Yeah, I mean, I thought that w- <laughs> when they had said, you know, we're looking at legacy very closely going into EW, we're not going to make any announcements before. I thought that meant that they like for sure like day after EW that Monday they were going to say, hey, there's bans, and it didn't happen. And I feel like that there were a lot of people, myself included, that were really shocked by that. Now the top eight, you know, in those events was mixed, but like the data overall in the event doesn't to me. I mean it. You get when you get to the point where it's like DNT and Delver are 45 50% of the format in an event, maybe not necessarily top eight, but like in an event because they're the two best decks to play because one preys on the other. You know, like death, you're either going to play the best deck, which is Ragavan, Delver, Delver, air quotes, or Death and Taxes to fight that deck. You know, you have this polarity, and there's just a lot of things get pushed out in the middle where. You know, I know people are like, oh, Reanimator's still playable. Well, then why has Reanimator not shown up in a top eight, like MTGO top eight or EW top eight or anything in like forever? It's always small legacy events. They're like 24 players. Oh, hey, there's a, you know, a Hararuyu event over in Japan. And there's, you know, you might have a 50 player event and like the 12th deck is, you know, Reanimator. I mean, if Gristlebrand is not good enough to fucking beat, beat you, you know, turn <laughs> one Gristlebrand that, you know, like it's just miserable. You know, I... I really hope they fix the format because I just don't want to play in this environment. I wasn't enjoying it before Modern Horizons. I was kind of like, hey, Legacy's not so bad. And then it was kind of, other than Tomac, because fuck that card. <laughs> yeah, it's not symmetrical at all. It flies and it's fucking 3-4 for 2 mana. Get fucked. Totally a balanced magic card. Anyway, you know, I was actually like, hey, the format's not terrible. And then like Modern Horizons 2 hit. And I was like, this format's like, this. I just don't want to play. Like I've, I'd rather spend time on a Friday you know, with my dog at home or with my wife and I could drive 10 minutes to play Paper Legacy, but it's not worth my time if I'm going to have a miserable experience. Like that's, I think my, my takeaway from it where it used to be an enjoyable experience for me to go play Legacy, you know, because it just felt like the format was not so polarized with like, here's the best deck, here's the best deck to fight it. And if you're in the middle, you're tier two, tier 2.5, you know, like, why are you not playing these two tent poles? And that to me is just like vintage kind of has that with like, you know, dredge shops, blue decks, but there's like variations of bizarre decks and, and blue decks and shops decks even, you know, like there's a mixture of like what those are that you could see two different shop decks in the top eight. You could see a blue control deck, a blue combo deck, 
you know, a blue mid-range deck all in top eight or Bizarre Aggro, Hogak, or Dredge in the top eight. Like, it's going to be mixed, where I feel like when I look at Legacy top eights, it's like three to four blue-red decks, two D&T decks, and then, like, something that got really fucking lucky in, like, pair-ups. And it's like, I'll see, like, Lands get it, and I'm like, oh, cool, Lands got there. Oh, it's a 12-person event. You know, and it's like, fuck, man. Like, that's... Or you, you, you'll you see, like, there was, like, an Aluren deck that I saw in the top eight, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, Aluren's playable again? It's like, oh, it's a 16-person event. Like, okay, Aluren's not playable. You know, it's just, I know that MTGO and paper are different, and, like, I'm sure the metagame at Atomic, there's more people, but, I like, if I'm getting fucking Blood Moon and Monkeyed, I would rather just, like, sit at home and, like, just break light bulbs in my asshole until I bleed to death. Yeah. I've had a great time at the local events. I have fun going 04, so my experience may not generalize. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you've also been playing, like, meme decks. I mean, like... I basically just play lands or Tesserator. I got dunked on by Tesserator at the last event. So, you know, the dream is out there. It is, but every time I go play it and, and it's like, I'll play it and I feel good about it. And then I just get fucking shit on for like the next like six months and don't win it. Like I, there was a while where I was like three, four, four, you know, three, one, four, oh, in events. And like, I think I played it in like one of the seven rounds of events at Atomic. And I was like four, I was four one going into the sixth round and like lost the sixth round. I was just like, all right, I'm gonna drop. I can't make top eight with with Tesserator. And then like for six months was like oh for it. Like F and M was just like I I'm okay. I love the deck. I love lands as well, but it's just one of those like I just man, I'm like a deck specialist. I play one of those two decks and that's it. I think you've seen me play burn once, and that's only because like I have a pretty sick burn deck. Got a lot of <laughs> a lot of signatures in it. So but anyway. Yeah, we should wrap up. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining me tonight and talking about legacy and your experience with narfing people which i think now needs to become a thing get uh, me and my brother just send memes to each other narf them if you've got them <laughs> i love it the guy saying oh no my narfie anyway yeah <laughs> no, that's, that's fucking yeah. great but oh man well it's a blast it was you know hacksmith was awesome i was so glad you could make it and you know we'll definitely have an episode coming up soon where we'll we'll talk about your your derby experience i'm actually going to play in cam jam in february oh nice you're doing cam jam again well they told me to see if you can see if you can top your record of losing four times in the first yeah. round yeah <laughs> cam even was joking about it he was like after i buried jamie last where he time, lost in the main event and then somehow got, a got another seat. match no in the i got a second seat it. in the main event and then got, you got a second seat and then in went the to the losers bracket so and lost in both of those as well <laughs> then you got kicked in the losers bracket then you got another seat in the losers bracket yeah. <laughs> it'll be hard to top that performance i know it really uh, will well they give me four channels so i don't know yeah, i'm doing that too we'll have a blast i'm trying yeah i'm trying to i'm like do i play four channel just because i can play four channel because there's some really broken shit you can do with four channel in the format other than like channel fireball like going like turn one channel into like winter orb icy manipulator relic barrier go <laughs> it's like mono green robots just mono green (laughs) robots like yeah that's actually like legit what i'm thinking about playing is like i'm just gonna play like tetravis triskelion juggernaut and then just run like a bunch of other shit behind it like lock pieces behind it and just hope that you just mulligan to turn one channel (laughs) like do i turn one or turn two channel yes keep (laughs) well uh, i I wish you luck yeah i I mean i'm sure i'll go like you know immediately and just not make it past the first round cam will be like two years running buddy So yeah, I'm, I'm planning on playing it. I haven't figured out a list yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Like not big on webcam magic, but I like the people that play in cam jam. I unfortunately like the last event cam did it happened to land like really awkwardly with my work schedule. And I just could never get like my first batch of games in. Yeah. Like I teach from like four to eight every night. And it's really hard to get people that work a nine to five to play a game at like nine thirty at night, 10 o'clock at night or 
hey, can you play at one in the afternoon? So kind of like messed me up with that. I couldn't really make it work, but I'm hoping this time around I've got some weekends off to where like, okay, cool. Like let's, let's get our games in all on like a Saturday or something. It'd be a good time. We'll do it up. We'll, we'll, we'll represent his hacks or maybe I'll just like take a page from your book and fucking play him to Torak. I have four of those. Nice. (laughs) It's a good card. It is is a very good card. So anyway, my friend, I hope you have a great evening. I hope you have a happy new year. This is the hack father signing off. You can find me at hacks MTG on Twitter and hacks MTG at gmail.com. Eric, I'm not sure if you have a Twitter. Yeah, this is Kingslayer. Don't find me on Twitter or email. Send it all to Jamie. Oh, you asshole. And I will (laughs) Catch you all next time. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.